now, Brandon Thick Boy Shop. What is up, Fight Fans? It is Monday morning, July 10th, coming in hot, coming in very hot off of UFC 290 pay-per-view. Uh, I would say by far the best full card pay-per-view we've had in a hot second. By far the best of 2023. Best in memory so far for me. I mean, it was top to bottom. Just a real pleasure. The whole thing was just fantastic. My word. Uh, so I was ex- I was excited to come in today and talk about this card. Um, this card was so good. I could have done a recap right after the freaking fights. I was hyped up. It's hard to sleep when the fights are this good, man. Just the whole card. The whole freaking card. Uh, from Robbie Lawler, Bo Nickel, Hooker, Drikas Duplices, Pantoja, Volkanovsky. There's so many freaking storylines going on. The Real Housewives of the UFC is popping right now with all the drama, all the storylines, phenomenal fights. You have Robbie Lawler, the great one retiring. The UFC finally got it right, gave him a proper send-off. My God, was that a proper send-off? If you had a dry eye, you are a communist. Uh, Robbie Lawler, just, man, uh, the legend, and did it on his terms and did it the right way. And they gave him full kudos for that, which he deserved. A guy who is basically RoboCop, who doesn't show any emotion, was emotional in the octagon. And, uh, man, it was it was, uh, it was was cool to see, man. That's how they should do it. And I, I think the UFC, they've gotten blowback before, right? And, like, Sometimes the way they sent off Shogun, right? You're like, send, it's like dead man walking. And they just give him some mm. nightmare of a matchup and then send him on his way. Um, they got it right with Robbie Lawler. Even though he was a dog in this fight against Nico Price, anybody that bet against him, like, moved to North Korea. If you bet against <laughs> Robbie Lawler, move to North Korea, dude. That first rule of Fight Club, don't bet against Robbie Lawler. I know he's had fallen some tough times, but you never bet against Robbie Lawler. That is the first rule of Fight Club or Dan Henderson. If you're American, we don't bet against those guys, no matter who they're fighting. So shout out to Robbie Lawler, man. Um, yeah, just the whole freaking card. Bo Nickel, dude. What Bo Nickel did to that Valentine Woodburn um, was offensive. It was offensive, and that's exactly what should have happened. Now, I will say this. Uh, you know, No one's higher on Bo Nickel. He is our Lord and Savior. Uh, he's the great white hype. I can't remember a guy of his caliber, and DC alluded to it on the broadcast. He goes, if there's a blue chipper, he's our blue chipper. I can't think of a guy at his level that had this much hype um, and promise that I was this excited about. With Connor, it was different because he's coming over uh, from... uh, Cage Warriors? For Cage Warriors as a champion, and there's there's some hype on him. Rogan and I alluded to him a little earlier before that. The fight world, the hardcores knew who he was. He was coming in, so he was he was damn good already by the time he got to the UFC. With Bo Nickel, you're talking about a guy with his wrestling background, that dominant, and then I think what adds to his kind of uprising is people in the fight game who are well-respected. Like, oh, you've never seen anything like this, dude. Like you're talking about Jorge Masvidal. You're talking about the, the ATT team, all of them like, I'm telling you, man, this kid is a problem. And it ain't just his wrestling. We're like, really? Because usually, you know, when a guy of his wrestling caliber, it takes a while to get comfortable on the feet. It takes a while. It's always a liability. You're always like, yeah, he's going to have to get the takedown. 
but how fluid Bo Nickel is, I, you know, it's tough to say this, but we've never seen anything like it with a guy with only five fights and fighting in these high level fights, you know, being on the main card of this huge UFC. Um, we've just never seen a guy pass the test this easily and look this damn good. Like usually there's always something you can, you know, the biggest knock on him when he fought Jamie Pickett was like, Oh, he didn't get that arm triangle fast enough. You're like, okay. Like, oh man, he didn't lock it in right away. It took a little longer. You're like, okay. And then, you know, they put him against this Val Woodburn who, uh, the UFC for whatever reason, obviously it was a really short notice fight. The UFC kept, um, kept harping on him being uh, a landscaper like every in the countdown just him on those riding lawnmowers in florida cutting the lawn you know, <laughs> usually they shy away from that the last time i can remember they did a guy like this was my boy um pat cummins right? pat cummins was working at a coffee shop mm. and they really remember when he got the call to fight dc which you know was a tall order um because dc was pretty established at that time so he, he had to call to fight dc and he got the call by his coach driving up to his uh, drive-through window at the barista at, when he was the barista in the cop shop. He's like, "Hey, uh, just got a call from Dana White. You're fighting DC." He's like, "Cool, I fucking quit." And, like walked out, and the coach picked him up. They kind of focused on that with him, and obviously that fight didn't go his way. Um, and they kept saying, "Why well, find interesting too?" And this dude Val Woodburn, all kudos to him to step up and fight Bo Nickel, who is our basically our LeBron James right now. Um, is insane on, on that short of notice, only having seven fights, you know. But it, it's funny that, like, it's going to be life-changing. Like, this guy gets the call life-changing. It's like, or he's back to cutting lawns tomorrow because he got knocked out in 30 seconds. There's also that. That's usually how these things go. It's very rare they bring in a guy who's not UFC savvy or UFC caliber and I'm not saying he's not, but he's he's nowhere near a Bo Nickel level. Now, if he would have fought somebody else, you know, that isn't Bo Nickel, who who knows? And they're going to give him that opportunity. That's one thing I think they do promise. It's like even if he got knocked out in three seconds, he's still getting another fight. That's how that's the way they show respect because he did give Bo Nickel the ch- the opportunity. But to say it's life changing, it's like I don't know. Probably made ten grand. Ten grand. He's back cutting lines this morning. You know. Now, if he would have won, yeah. Yeah, now you're talking about something a little different. Bonick is not who we thought he was. And then Valentin Woodburn's in the UFC, and he's fighting other guys and trying to become a contender. You know, that, that might be a different story. But usually these things go as they should, and, you know, you get dealt with in 38 seconds. I, I think what was more surprising is how comfortable Bonick was on the feet. Um, and again, you're only talking about 38 seconds, so we didn't see a lot. Um so just the way he got it done, I think surprised everybody. Surprised Woodburn. I, Woodburn didn't realize he was getting punched in the face. You know, he shot for that takedown on Woodburn, which I knew was going to be a bit of a struggle because w- the way Woodburn his structure is short, so it's tougher to get to those legs. But I don't think that was a case of Bo Nickel attempting and failing. I think it was an attempt to set him up for the knockout. That's what I think was going on there. Um, but you know, shout out to Bo Nickel. Well, they do next with him. I think he's a top 15. I honestly personally think he's a top 10 guy right now. But, um, you, again, there's no sense in seeing if he is, you know, even though if I say that or the UFC brass thinks that, there's no point in pushing him into the top 15 right now. Um, 
what you would do with a guy like that is give give him uh, not Woodburns, uh, you know, a guy who's cutting lawns, coming off you know uh, the regional circuit, but you'd give him more UFC vets, um, see how he does. But at this rate, you know, keep keep building it, keep building it. Boxing does this well. Keep building the hype um, and keep building the star because he has a pretty established fan base. You keep building that, keep building that, and then when it's time, you you, you put him in there against the top fifteen. But at this rate, you know, he could fight ten times a year. You know, just starching these guys in thirty seconds. But um, I, I'm always an advocate for you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Take your time with him. I, I could see sprint him a little little sooner than than some of the other prospects, and I think you'd pass that test. But there's no upside. There's only downside with that. Um, so I, I do think you you keep them, uh, you know, in the second gear they got them in before we just launch them into fifth gear. So I think you're another guy that you probably never heard of next, but he's going to have probably three or four fights in the UFC, probably a winning record in the UFC, and Bo Nickel's going to handle him, and then there's going to be more demand that he fights a top guy. It's weird the people that hate on Bo Nickel. It's like, what do you what do you want him to do? And it was tough for it's tough for hate to hate on even his post uh, fight, uh, not even an oppressor when he's inside the octagon. He's like, hey, being a fighter is great, but it's all about being a dad, like a, you know, and being a good husband a good father like how can you hate on the guy i guess it's american pie as they get dude he's just he's the real deal in every facet man he's he's the next face of the ufc i would bet a lot of money on that i bet a ton of money on that let's take a little break kids from talking about all the real housewives of mixed martial arts because guess what our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook take your shot and win huge with DraftKings Sportsbook. You could win big with money lines, props, parlays, and more. If you bet on all the underdogs or at least the three major underdogs on this last UFC, you're making bank, dude. So right now, new customers can score $150 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on anything. We're talking... You got MLB popping right now. You got UFC this Saturday, all right? You got NBA Summer League going on. But really, you got baseball and UFC is really all you need to know, all right? Um, So, again, you can score $150 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on any sport you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use code SHOB. That's code SHOB only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling prompt call 100 Gambler in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, 20 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details, state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. DraftKings, this week at UFC Fight Night. You got uh, MLB popping right now, going into the All-Star Game. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code SHOB. You're welcome. This episode of the Shop Show is also brought to you by the best on the planet. I'm talking about that Kratom. Kratom for you out there that never tried it. Now is the time, my friends, at Happy Hippo. That's happyhippo.com. Yep, just like that thick animal in Africa. Happyhippo.com. Promo code is thick with three C's, 23. You save 20% for life. I'm talking about the gummies. 
the freaking powders. They got the instant shots, which I use for every single thing that I do. Helps me get in the zone. Gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling. We're not talking about like a crazy energy drink. No, no, no. We're talking about creating and get you focused for all of life's endeavors. They got it all for you right now. They have that fast energy. They got the balance energy. They can slow it down for you. Again, capsules, extracts, powders, flavored Kratom. They also got the Kratom K-Dips. The first ever market pouches, you know, I like my freaking pouches, but when you talk about Kratom pouches, no one's ever done it except my friends at Happy Hippo. This is the wintergreen, the razzle dazzle. They're all phenomenal. So whatever you're looking for, get it from Happy Hippo. Now's the time to try Kratom, all right? And you can go to happyhippo.com. Promo code is THICK23 for 20% for life. You can share it with your friends. Use it as many times as you want, and you can get 20% off. Again, that's happyhippo.com. Promo code THICK23. You can use that promo code for life to save 20% off the best freaking Kratom on the planet. The only people that I trust is Happy Hippo. That's happyhippo.com. Promo code THICK23. Let's get back to the program. Uh, Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. Hooker looked fantastic. Can't believe he ate that head kick. That was absolutely insane. And it wasn't like Jalen Turner had an off night. Jalen Turner looked like a world beater, too. You know, missed weight, which was a bummer. But uh, I had Dan Hooker win in the fight. Definitely did. Dan Hooker, that broke his wrist. How about Rogan goes, what happened to your arm? He's like, yeah, it's just a scratch. But he told the ref, don't raise this arm. That's how bad it was. So Dan Hooker's going to be out for a hot second with a broken wrist. But at least he's coming off, you know, going into surgery with a good win and then the i mean there would be it's tough to say there's an mvp of that main card obviously bo nickel did his thing but he fought a guy you know who's cutting lawns last week dan hooker you know fighting 11 versus 12 is a great fight but can you name anybody in our space that gave drikas duplices and the who said he was going to win this fight the only guy i know who stuck up for him was the schmo when we did a fight companion, um, and even off air, I mean, uh, the schmo talked about it, and he's like, I'm telling you, man, Duplice, he's, he's a problem. I was like, in what facet? How do you see him winning? He's like, he's just awkward, and, you know, his coach did say, you know, his nose is going to get better, and his card is going to be better. I'm like, come on, this is bullshit. They ain't lying, you know? So, you know, to doubt uh, Drikas Duplice is insane. It, it was, I, but it's tough, too being with what we do to watch the videos the footage on uh ddp and go this guy's a world beater just because his style's so different it's awkward at times he looks like he's out of control at times he looks like his head's over his skis it looks like he's fighting downhill at all times and the technique's not perfect but for him it's perfect he knows exactly what he's doing but if you haven't seen that before i think for people in our space or people that watch a lot of fights you're just like, yeah, this guy's just even, you know, he doesn't look like a Brad Tavares. He doesn't look like a Darren Till. It doesn't look like a Derek Brunson. Doesn't sure as fuck doesn't look like a Robert Whitaker. But it works. It works for him. His style works for him. He's the only guy that can pull this off. And uh he's having success with it. And I, I think too, for Robert Whitaker, A, you're not gonna get a guy to mimic that fighting style, which is a, a huge uh, advantage for uh uh Duplices. You just you're just not going to get a guy that you can you, you're getting in real time. It's kind of like when Wonder Boy first came to the UFC. Completely different style, obviously, and you can bring in some karate, taekwondo guys, world champions. But when you mix in the MMA, his you know still Wonder Boy style was different. But he's at such an elite level, um, you know you can kind of mimic it, but it, it 
and you can get used to some tendencies, but it's going to be tough to get the exact version of Wonder Boy. And that's why I had so much success early on. Shit, even he beat Robert Whitaker, you know, at 170. But with uh, Duplices, it's just, uh, it's it's hard if you've watched enough fights to go, he does this really well, he does this really well, this is world class, or this is world class. But at the end of the day, it's world class because it works for him. I don't think there's anybody else could do what he does and have success. And he hits like a Mack truck. That's the other thing. I didn't realize how fucking biggy the guy was. He's a big, tough son of a bitch, man. And his cardio did look better. His cardio looked a whole lot better. I think, you know, at the end of that first round, you can see Robert Whitaker when he goes to his corner. He's just kind of like, the, the hell is this? Like, he was just like, I, I don't know what's going on here, man. Like, he knocked me down the fucking, just a straight right. You know, like an awkward, not like wind up just this straight right. Like he just has that South African strength. I don't know where it comes from. You know, you can't teach that. I think a lot of what he's doing, you can't teach. And if you had a young kid who was getting into MMA, you probably wouldn't show him a uh, Duplicy's video and go, this is fighting because it looks like chaos to the trained eye. But for him, it's not or even the untrained eye it looks like chaos. But for him, it's not chaos. It's just it's this beautiful symphony and he knows exactly where he's at and what he should be doing when to press, when not to press. And I, you know, after what he did to Robert Whitaker, uh, you know, and the guy's 20 and two. So clearly this style works for him, you know? So, um, hats off, hats off to, to, uh, Drigas Duplices. You know, there's, there's not much more you can say, but we all got it wrong. I don't know anybody in the space who picked him to win this fight. I couldn't think of a worse matchup for him. Um, I, I think if you're looking at the glass half empty, here you go. Robert Whitaker didn't look the same. Maybe Robert Whitaker's older. I, I think that's a cop out. I, I think you just got to own and go, nah, man, uh, DDP's the real deal. I, I think Robert Whitaker, you know, you look at his fights before this, he looked pretty fucking good. You can't say this is an older version of Robert Whitaker. I think Drikas Duplice is that fucking good. It's time we start acknowledging it. Does he look like an Izzy? No. Does he look like a Wonder Boy? God no. Does he look like a you know a Tyson Fury when it comes to the boxing? Does he does he have the kicks of a Yair Rodriguez? No man. Does he look like Alex Volkanovsky or you know even Bram Moreno with his boxing? God no. What he looks like is Drikas Duplices that we've never seen, and it's fucking good, and it's damn near impossible to beat. And now. And it's, you know, I'd love to talk to his coach, you know, hats off to them. They've done a great job with him in, in tuning his style and getting it to this world-class level that, and nobody believed in him, nobody, but his coaches and probably his few family members thought he was going to be at this level. Um, I would love to talk to his coach, you know, when they talk about the 5% breathing, stuff like that. And then when you're like, wait, wait till you see him. Okay. Like, because we, I think part of the problem is we're so jaded in this business because fighters come up with so many excuses and there's all this bullshit. Or you hear an NBA player, oh, my, my, you know, the reason I look bad is I rolled my ankle. Or this football player says this, or this fighter blames it on this. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. When you hear a guy had surgery and he only had 5% breathing, like, like 8%, that's 8%, like, yeah. I got this such bullshit, dude. <laughs> but, do you see it? And you're like, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe they're telling the truth here. You know, it's like when you see that, he looks so much better, and he did look like he was breathing hard. Looked like Robert Whitaker was breathing harder. Like, damn, this. All right, you, you gotta, you gotta trust in that now. You know, so coming to his next fight, when he says something, we should probably listen a little better. Now, when it comes to his coach, this is where 
this fight gets interesting to me. So Duplessis wins, you know, beats Robert Whitaker, completely annihilates him. That fight wasn't that close the entire time. Robert Whitaker could just never figure it out. The high guard of Duplessis, nothing, even the check hook wasn't really landing. The the leg kicks were there a little bit, but overall Duplessis kind of controlled that entire fight until he finished him in the, the middle of the second round. So then we know part of the reason DDP was there is, you know, Izzy needs fresh blood. And, you know, he's beat everybody. He's beat Robert Whitaker twice. So, but I, I would still be excited if Robert Whitaker won that fight for that fight. You're like, all right, you can do it. You know, Robert Whitaker's earned it. He's, he's probably the best middleweight in the world, not named Izzy. I, I get it. Let's see if he can get over the hump. And it'd be good for Izzy, right? So they have, they have Izzy sitting cage side, and Izzy wants to go on. And you can see the intensity of, on Izzy's face when that fight was going on. Izzy was hoping DDP won this fight. A little backstory there. The reason why Izzy was. So upset. Now this is a we're gonna get in a dicey area here, fellas. Cause and it's it's I'm not familiar with the the politics of South Africa and Africa and New Zealand and all that shit, but I'll do my best here. You know, I'm a dumbass. Let's see how this goes. But you know, so do, do DDP's coach. This is so insane. We're talking about this, but this is that side of the world. DDP DDP's coach tweeted out before. I, I think even um I forget when he t- when he uh, it was on his Instagram, but he's talking about his eight eight percent breathing. Oh. And then he's saying, "Izzy, we're coming for you. You're you're not even a real African. You know, check your passport. You're the one that moved out of here. You're not a real African. The true African is to be champion." And that's when it gets dicey. And I think this is a a huge mis. It this is two sided. It's a I think it's a, a huge mistake by DDP's coach to go that direction. But then also, I don't know the politics out there. I don't know how that works, right? Like, does the, the the South Africans feel that way? Like, is that a thing out there? Which I think it is. And for Izzy, you got to realize, you know, I, Izzy's from Nigeria, right? He's Nigerian. Mm-hmm. So it, you got to remember, Izzy was born in Africa, moved to New Zealand when he was a young kid, and got bullied because he didn't look like the other kids in New Zealand. So he grew up with that fire in his belly, not fitting in, getting made fun of because he didn't look like a New Zealander. They made fun of him from being from Africa. So you have this kid who is bullied from, for not being New Zealand, right? And, and has, you know, tremendous pride where he comes from and his roots in Africa. And then DDP's coach pokes that bear and it, it goes deep for Izzy. You're talking about a guy, that's what makes Izzy who he is. And so you're, you're kind of poking that, and you're, you're saying, eh, you're not really an African. Man, you fucked up. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this now because, you know, I, I do think Izzy's the, the best fighter we have on the roster. And one of the things about Izzy, if you learned anything about his last fight uh, with Alex Pereira, is when you give Izzy a reason to, to train, you give him a reason to focus and a reason to get up in the morning and run those miles and put in the work that it takes to be at his level. When you give him not only a reason, but you give him the reason, like Alex Pierre was, you know, he was what, 2-0 against him. He, he hasn't beat him. And then he finally knocked him out. Insane. Insane. Chin bet against him. You're a piece of shit for it. But and I, I called it and your boy called it. And it's whatever. It's whatever, dude. This is different, though. This is this goes beyond that because now you're bringing a cultural aspect to it, and you're you're t- you're touching nerves in Izzy that haven't been touched before, 
and you you woke up the the sleeping giant. It just so happens that that sleeping giant is the best in the world. And, and I and I don't think you could tell. Like even for DDP, he was uncomfortable in that inside the octagon when he was saying, you know, when Izzy was saying that N word, <laughs> yeah. and he was like, "You're not my brother," you know, you know, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, DDP was like, what the fuck did I do?" Now on the other side of it. Remember, DDP was coming off a, a Darren Till win, which, you know, obviously he's not a world beater in any facet, but a, a good name. But still, you, you don't beat Darren Till, then jump to Izzy. But he got in the news because the coach posted that. So it got the attention of Izzy for good or bad. It got the attention of Izzy, and we're talking about it. Then the UFC goes, okay, here's Derek Brunson. He beats him. They keep, they, you know, they double down on it. You're like, okay. And Izzy's like, I hope he wins. I fucking hope. You're, really? You're, I'm not from Africa. I'm not true African. Okay. I hope he wins. And Izzy was saying, I hope he wins. And then the, the UFC goes, oh, we got something here. Here's Robert Whitaker. Here you go. Here's Robert Whitaker. Good luck. Worst matchup in the world. But if you beat him, we got something here. Mm-hmm. He beats him. Y'all fucked up. Because <laughs> now, and you can tell DDB, and who I want to see now if, DDP's team runs with this still because over, over there it's, it's getting a little dicey and last time we had kind of a cultural war like this uh, Connor and uh, Khabib mm-hmm. if you remember that that got where, where like there's 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 shit talking and then the, when you cross the line that's when it goes to, you know when Connor started talking about Muslims and stuff like that and kids and so it, it, you know yeah. it gets weird it, you know it goes beyond the sport now if you the UFC Dana's like uh, evil, like, yes, yes, right? But, uh, you know, I'm just curious if DDP's team now is going to, let's pull back on that. It's too late. It's too late. You're, you're dealing with a, an African elephant in Izzy that never forgets. And we'll find, if you give him a reason to be motivated and focus and bring out the best in Izzy, my God, did you do it? And I think it's, it got you the title shot, but, your coach fucked up. Your coach fucked up. I, I really believe that. I, I think you woke up a sleeping giant and you're going to get the best version of Izzy. Boy, is that tough to beat. Now, I think we've all learned in this space, don't doubt Duplices. The, the guy has skills. That being said, I, I, it got you the fight. Kudos. Mm, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. So it, it, it's interesting. I would love, I would love if they just had a, a camera, a cage side camera on Trump when when Izzy kept saying the N word. He's like, "What is happening right now? What is going on right now?" You know, he probably didn't understand the politics of South Africa. He's like, "Why does he keep calling him the N word? Why is he not his brother?" And you could see Dana like explaining the fight to him. He's like, "Actually, here's what's happening." And Trump's like, "Oh, this is insane," you know. So, um, I think it's the best fight to, to make. And, you know, Izzy's fighting in two months, so I don't know. Um, I would assume Duplices takes the fight, and he's going to be fine. He didn't take much damage in this fight, and it's not going to come around often. Um, what the UFC could do is, they, because it's two months, they could do a Strickland in the meantime. That would kind of kill the hype, though, right? So, I agree. Yeah. I think they got to strike with irons yeah. hot, and if you're DDP's team, I'm, you know, with his fighting style, he's, you know, Looking at it in the way he beat Robert Whitaker, yeah, he he's a top three guy. He just is. We got to give him his credit. So, um, 
but I, you know, it's so tough to get a title shot. It's so tough. I think you just gotta, all right, take a week off, get back in the camp or take three weeks off. You're in good shape. Then let's get back in the camp. Start focus on Izzy. Um, that would be their best shot. The only way I don't see that happening is for whatever reason, he has some injury that happened in camp coming into the fight and he wants to rehab that. Then they would probably go with Strickland. And the Strickland one's interesting too. If you know, the stuff Strickland said on Rogan, um, it's tough to market. It is yeah. what it is. It's tough to market. It's very negative, right? So, it, it, like a lot of that, it's like a dark cloud, you know? Um, I do think Strickland gets a shot, but I don't think it will be in Australia. I, I think people would be very disappointed if it's not Duplices. Yeah. Because now that thing's going to sell no matter what, whether it's Strickland or Duplices, but. I just think there's going to be more hype around if it's Duplices. 100% right now. 100%. I mean, he beat Robert. How, how do again, it, it's just all predicated if he got injured during camp because in the fight, he's going to be fine to fight in two months. So we don't know if he had injuries in that camp that he wants to rehab or whatever. But to do this in Australia and have that background, that weird, dark energy of you're not African, oof, man, sign me up. <laughs> and I, I'm curious if, again, if, because Duplices looked like he was uncomfortable with all this. He didn't look like he was, you know, it just it looked a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Like he's like, oh shit, yeah, here we are. My coach said that, now I gotta, I gotta defend this. Good luck, man. It seems like that was what they pushed in the beginning, but then they backed off a lot, or at least it's Duplices did. It's and now too, Israel's going with it's it. Too, oh, you, oh, I'm telling you, fucked up. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that doesn't forget. He's a baby elephant. He's a baby African ele elephant. <laughs> so whether you want to ride with it or not, you might as well go full heel with it. And build this fight up. Because if you start backing off, like, ah, listen, we made some mistakes. He's actually, we realized he's from Africa. Get the fuck out of here. Because you said that, Izzy's not going to let it go. Yeah. So you might as well lean into it and build this fight up. And after, be like, dude, I was just trying to sell tickets. But right now, I have, uh, if I'm advising him, it's going to be painful. You need a lot of hate, dude. And he, I heard even in, uh, like, any anytime he posts any, anything, even the comments are like, oh, the real African, like, making fun of him. You know? So you, you're going to have to lean into that. You, you got to be the heel for Izzy here, especially if you want to build this fight, sell the tickets, because you can't go back. You've always crossed that line, and Izzy's not going to let you forget it. Even if you apologize right now, it does not matter. Izzy is fired up, dude. He's not going to let you drop it, so you might as well do it. Heavy lies the crown, man. You're going to be champ. That's what it's going to take. That, and that's an interesting fight. You know, I'd love to see if Izzy can figure out this weird awkward rubik's cube that is ddp you know this weird weird rubik's cube we've never seen before looks like he's you know skating downhill and he's flailing but he's not it's world class it's world class so i can't wait for that fucking fight now i can't wait for it mm -hmm. you know if it would have been a decision it's like back and forth controversial against rob whitaker like ah, gas man no everyone was super he's surprised and impressed fucked him dude, up, dude it was crazy he Beat the shit of Robert Whittaker? I know. Of How all people. How dare you? So, the, the, so already, you got Bo Nickel, Dan Hooker, great fight. Drikas Duplices did the goddamn thing as the big dog. And remember, last week I said, this is a fight. This is a card of mismatches. Well, a lot of those, and to make the card fun, I said the <laughs> mismatches had to win. That's what you got. Robbie Lawler, mismatch. Now, think about this. Just before we even get to the big dogs, Robbie Lawler gets done 38 seconds. Bo Nickel, knockout, 38 seconds. Then you get Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. Crazy fight. Phenomenal fight. And then DDP comes out, beats the shit out of Robert Whitaker. You're like, what is going on right now? How are they going to compete with this? 
And then Pantoja, Brandon Moreno come out. My family's obviously super Mexican. Also, if you listen last week, I said it could be a rough night for the Mexican culture. Mm -hmm. This was a rough fucking yeah. night. Um, you know, Pantoja, the guy's just doing it all. You know, he beat Makachev, right? My <laughs> 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 man, y'all. You know what that how that goes, man? Is so, you know, I was watching Volkanovski versus Makachev, and I don't, I don't know if I, uh, who knows where I got it? I don't know, man. I don't know. Who knows? It, it's on me, but sometimes that shit happens. Brain farts, man. It happens to the best. Yeah. Wish we had a computer. We could bring that shit hey, up, but dude. that's on me, dude. That's on me. Um, what's weird is, obviously, when I said, I think I said I'm fighting the kid, Brian doesn't fucking know. I could say he fought Francis. Brian would be like, unreal, dude. That is unreal. He beat Francis and got him. I'm like, yes, at 125 pounds. He fucking ripped the leg off Francis. <laughs> Brian be like, I remember that. So that Brian, I don't, no fault on Brian. But I think I even said it during Dominic Cruz interview. No one picked it up. I think because you were so, you just said it with such conviction, it just, we didn't even think about it. Yeah. Like maybe back in the day they did fight, and I don't know. No, man. No he's 125 pounds. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> All of us fucked up. Yeah, but dude. Like between you two, usually me, I would like pick the stuff up, but at that point I had. That's a big statement, man. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to lay low for a little bit, brother. <laughs> Oh, Rick killed funny. a guy. You might want to lay low. But yeah, the entire uh, staff, including myself, just wrote, wrote on that thing. So shit happens, man. But for Pantoja, uh, you know, not a fan favorite coming into it. I told you guys, I think he was the most talented guy not to become champion. Um, you know, had two wins over Bram Moreno, but it was that was a while ago. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of hype coming into this fight for the guy. And then you watch the fight, and he, he, here's when it, when it comes to the judging. This this is what messes me up. Is I probably judge it the way you guys did before I talked to Dominic Cruz, you know, months ago. And he, he said there's a companion. He goes, you know, all of us had to sit in, and even uh, Laura Sanko talked about this. She sat in with the judges and how they score it, and damage is their number one criteria when it comes to judging. Damage is number one. So that made me sit back and go, okay, I gotta start judging fights a little different. Cause I used to always judge the takedown, the control, whoever's controlling the fight, whoever, you know, is landing the more takedowns is probably gonna win in a decision. That that's probably gonna be the victory, victor most of the time. But I gotta I gotta reassess that because if Dominic Cruz, who's probably the brightest mind in the game, Laura Sankow, who's a fucking beast, Sanko is a beast. She knows her shit. They've all sat in on the actual judging criteria, and they said damage is number one. All right, I got to recalibrate the way I look at fights. So I went into this card with that in mind, and even though Bram Moreno, he was having a success in all the rounds early on, except for the first round, right? The second round, he almost got the finish, did the most damage, close one to get the finish. Third, fourth, and fifth. Obviously, the fifth, he lost. He was lighting up on the feet, but got taken down, controlled a little bit in the fifth. A year ago, or even six months ago, I went, this is, what are you talking about? Pantoja all day. Controlled him, got the takedowns, was way more successful on the takedowns. Wouldn't do a lot of damage with the takedowns, but he controlled him. Pantoja won the fight. Probably three rounds to five, e easily. Three out of the five rounds goes Pantoja. This is easy. But when you judge it based off damage done, and that's the way I'm told they're supposed to judge the fight. I gave it to Bram Moreno. I thought Moreno won the fight. 
based off that judging criteria, which I'm told by judges and two of the smartest minds in the game that they base it off damage done. If you watch that fight, you know, well, Bram Rayo definitely did the most damage. And not to mention, dude had a broken hand. Broke his hand the first round. Really? So kudos to Bram Moreno. Um, so based off that, knowing what I know and talking to people in the game, I get to Bram Moreno. You know? There you go. Bram Moreno suffered hand, uh, broken hand first round of the fight. Um, but it, but again, you know, the judges all over the board. Are those judges basing off that? I, you know, it, it's weird. It's weird, man. You look at the comp strike numbers, you know, it sh shows Bram Moreno. Um, but then you look at the control, you look at the, the takedowns, that's Pantoja. So it's a tale of two story, different stories, you know. I can see how they give to Pantoja based off the old judging criteria. Yeah, you get the most takedowns, control the fight. Comes straight damage done, you'd have to give it to Bram Moreno. So I thought that's how they were going to do it. I really did. And the, the guy who gave it 46, 49 for Bram Moreno, people were like, that is ridiculous. It's like, not it's not if you're judging based off damage done so who knows you know i just i literally just watched it like intensely and then i just felt overall brandon marino won but then that's not how the rules you know that's not how that's not how you judge a fight you got to judge it round by round but i i seriously thought he won most rounds i don't know uh, again i thought he did the most damage so if we're judging a fight off most damage done and the closest to finish in the fight, it'd be Bram Moreno. If so, Bram Moreno won the f Bram Moreno won the fight. Pantoja won the contest. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Even though you know the, there's not his English isn't great, but you can't help but be a Pantoja fan after that. That uh, in the in the octagon. Oh my gosh, that made me cry. Oh, uh, when he was like, "Dad, are you are you proud of me now?" You know. <laughs> His dad abandoned their entire family. Yeah, dude. You're like, well, this is heavy. Yeah. I'm a fan, dude. Yep. I, dude, I wouldn't have bet against Pantoja if I knew he had daddy issues. This is shit I need to know, dude. <laughs> no. If I knew his dad left him and he had that fucking fire in his belly to prove his dad wrong, I would have took Pantoja all fucking day, dude. <laughs> what? You guys have just left that out? His father just dipped out and was like, y'all are losers, man. I'm out of here. Then he becomes world champion and gets on the mic. He's like, you're proud of me now. You're all. <gasps> I know. Fan. Insta I was like, oh, that's my guy now. Yeah. You had a shitty dad that didn't believe in you and you're world champion now? How can you not like the guy? Then then his wife is there and all like he had so many kids <laughs> and they're all happy as shit. And he goes, This is my crew. You're like, oh, he's all about family. He's yeah. a good dad. I had no idea too, man. Damn. No, the UFC didn't tell that story. Now grand I don't know. I don't think anybody knew the story. I guarantee that story's gonna come out now. They're probably going to go in the favela where the fuck he's from. They interview the dad. That's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I always knew he was going to be champion. <laughs> yeah. Give me 10%. Terrible. Um, as far as what's next for Pantoja, I mean, am I crazy? I think it's another Bram Moreno fight, even though he's 0-3 against him. It's kind of like that, that Izzy Alex Pierre thing. It's like, no, I know he's 0-3. I get it. He's 0-3. I get that. But Moreno... We can see him how he could win this fight. He's also the biggest name in the division. Um, and I, look, you, so you have Figueroa's out. He's fighting Dominic Cruz, by the way. So you have, he's jumping to a different weight class. He's going to fight Dominic Cruz. And I asked Dom, he's like, we'll see. Maybe, you know, we'll see. We'll have an injury. I'm recovering. Dom, he could 
give me a song. I'm like, you know, I'd like to fight Figueredo, even, you know, probably sign the deal when he said that, whatever. But so Figueredo's out. He was number one. So Brandon Moreno would drop to one. Um, Amir Alabezi's there. Brandon Roy, Roy Val. You know, Pantoja always has a win over Roy, Roy Val. Um, go to Pantoja's uh, record for me, Chin. Because I'm pretty sure he beat Amir too. Hasn't fought a mare, so they could do a mare. See, he lost a Figueredo already, so he's beat Branroy Val. He's beat Askarov. Even though it's 0-3, I think you do Bran Moreno. And Bran Moreno's the face of Mexico. Boy, Mexican champs. Everyone's like, dude, Mexico, they got three champs. Goose, 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 goose. Andale, andale. Gone. Now you have Alexa Grasso. That's it. All on Alexa Grasso now. And Bram Moreno, like, there was such an opportunity for him to become, like, this superstar. You know, this international superstar. So, I, you know, there's, there's just, if I'm the UFC, business-wise and just what I think is the right thing to do, you to Bram Moreno. That's what even Dana White talked to uh, that Canadian reporter, Aaron Bronstetter, and he was like, would that be the next fight? He's like, dude, this fight was so amazing. Who wouldn't want to see, the, you know, the next? Even though Brandon Moreno has those, what, quadru quadrilogies or whatever you call it three well with, with davis and Figueroa, he's I know. four times yeah, so, yeah so why not again yeah it's exciting what else you can do in that fight i i think if they fight again moreno beats them knock on wood unless pantoja's dad comes to the picture <laughs> you know yeah so I, I yeah i would give it to i'd love to see a brand moreno pantoja for the fourth time even though he's zero and three it's just different it's just different and then volkanovsky yair rodriguez it was funny. Some guy was talking shit to me because I was like, Volkanovski, there's no one at 45 who's ever going to beat him. It's not, it's not a knock on Yair Rodriguez. It's just never going to happen. And the guy's like, oh, Shaw picks Volkanovski. I'm definitely taking Yair Rodriguez. I'm like, cool, dude. Put all your money on Yair Rodriguez. Let me know how it goes for you. It's just, it's not a knock on Yair. It's not a knock on uh, Brian Ortega. It's not a knock on any, you know, Josh Emmett, you know, whoever it is. It doesn't matter. There's not a guy at 145 pounds walking this earth who's ever going to beat Volkanovski right now in the next five years. Now, once he gets older, you're going to have a better shot. Right now, after watching his fight against Makachev, which some people thought he won, mm -hmm. the way he made that thing competitive, the way that you, he showed his strengths, at one, everybody's fucked at 45. It's never going to happen. He's too calculated. He's too smart. He's too good at everything. He's too much of a professional and I know it's early to say he's the best one, 145 of all time, but he's the best 145 of all time. <laughs> you know what the fuck he would do to a prime Jose Aldo? He would beat him. So he's my GOAT. I know Jose Aldo has more title defenses. I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Alex Volkanovski, as far as pound for pound, is number one in the world. As far as straight skill set, is by far the best 145 around the planet. He's also the second best, if not the best, lightweight on the planet. How about that? How about them apples? He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Makachev. Nobody else can give Makachev that fight. I think he beats anybody else at 155. Not named Makachev. That Makachev fight's tough. I think he can get over on him. But, you know, I just think at 45, there's just the guys can't compete. That wasn't even a fight, by the way, guys. That wasn't even a fucking fight. And that's why... You're coming off that co-main event with Pantoja, Bram Moreno, this epic fight, the two best in the world. That's how those fights should go. 
very competitive. One guy's good at grappling, jujitsu. The other guy's boxing is exceptional. And then you got to figure out the game plan. But one guy has success this round. The other guy has success this round. It goes back and forth. It's a war. It's one of the fights of the year. But in this case, there's not a guy on this planet Volkanovski's going to fight that's going to give him a tough fight. It's just not possible. Hate to tell you guys. It's not going to happen. And next for him was a homeboy who was cage side. In uh, oh, Topiria, Topiria. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm a huge Topiria fan. Huge. I, I want to see Rodriguez Topiria. That's the best 145 in the world. Not named Alex Volkanovski. Again, I'm huge on Topiria. This isn't a knock on Topiria. It's not competitive, guys. He beats the shit out Topiria. I know. To, uh, I know Ilya Topiria's undefeated stuff. Like I don't give a fuck. This ain't a competitive fight. He's a plus four hundred. That's just where we're at right now. And also, you're not going to get that fight because Volkanovski, now he said he, he might come back in October, maybe comes back in November, December. He's going to have surgery, but he's bounced back before from surgery and comes back fast as shit. I, I, as far as if you're going to show, if you're going to take one fighter and show somebody who's professional, who's like the Tom Brady, who's like the Cal Ripken, who's um, – you know, the 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 Kobe Bryant of the UFC, it's Alex Volkanovsky. There's not a more professional guy on this planet. There's not a guy more driven. He has that very – GSP had the same thing where clearly he can beat Yair Rodriguez however the fuck he wants, and he should go in the fight going, I got this. But he finds something – GSP did this for every single fight. He'd find something the guy does really well that makes him scared to train his ass off. GSP did that against Koscheck. He did that against even Dan Hardy, who he's a massive favorite over. He would find something that would get him up in the morning and train his ass off. Alex Volkanovski the same way. He finds one thing that gets him scared and goes, oh, it's going to be a tough fight. And he trains his ass off. Most guys that get to that level, they coast. A lot of them will coast or go, ah, it's about me. Volkanovski makes it about the other guy. and He, he, he finds the one thing to make him scared, you know? Very special. Very, very special. But the whole fucking card, man. What a fight card. Yeah. What a fight card. To watch. Favorite fight card in a long freaking time. Let's take a little break, kids. Uh, what I got for you? Well, what I got for you is the best nootropic on the freaking planet from on it. That's right. The number one selling nootropic on the planet. I'm talking about Alpha Brain. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it all over Whole Foods. They all have it. All right. And if you get it off onit.com, if you get it from the site, you save 10% off when you use the promo code SHOB. But also, they have more than just Alpha Brain. They offer Alpha Brain Black, Alpha Brain Instant, Alpha Brain Shot. Alpha Brain Black is what your boy uses. It's the highly concentrated Alpha Brain. So if you tried the regular Alpha Brain, which you should, there's no reason not to, you get your money back if you don't love it. You can share it with a friend. You don't have to return the product. You get your money back. But if you want to aid in mental processing, you want caffeine-free, helps get in the flow state, promotes focus, supports memory, help remember names. Like did Makachev really lose to Pantoja? I was not using Alpha Brain that day. Focus on complex tasks, think more clearly under stress, react more quickly. If you could use all that, Try out Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain Black is the one I recommend. That's onit.com. Promo code is SHOB. Onit.com slash SHOB. Save 10% off all Onit products. We're talking protein powders, warrior bars, streaming fitness, kettlebells, steel club maces. We got it all, but we also got the best nootropic on the planet. We're talking about Alpha Brain. Onit.com slash SHOB. Receive 10% off. You're welcome. Let's get back to the program. 
What do you got, buddy? A lot going on in the Real Housewives of the UFC. Yeah. So on this fight card, here's a news story from this fight card. So remember Jack Della Maddalena. So Jack was supposed to come on the show tomorrow, mm. but he's currently in Vegas because he he's he's ready to fight. There's a fight. There's a fight night Saturday night. Holly Holm um, versus Silva. Mm -hmm. That card could use Jack. Yeah. So Jack's hope is that Dana White finds him a fight to, so he just stays in Vegas and fights on Saturday. Yeah. So I just talked to his coach. Sounds like they're going to find him a fight. And um, I, I was like, obviously you weren't going to, but just know there's no pressure on it. Dude, I do not. I know how it is fight week. Definitely don't want him traveling, even though it's short, but let's do it next week mm -hmm. after he beats whoever it is up. Jack's such a <laughs> yeah. savage. So you remember his original opponent was Sean Brady. Then he had that crazy elbow issue with that fluid building up. And, and I love then, Sean Brady. That Sean yeah. Brady versus Jack's a great fight. Exactly, yeah. It would have been an awesome fight. And then he had this newcomer, um, Josiah Harrell, who was supposed to fight him as well. But during the pre-medical screenings, he found out that he has some rare brain disease that needed medical attention. And they right said away. if he would have fight, he probably would have died. He could have, yeah, had a stroke or, or something. I, I mean, that would have been a catastrophe yeah. for the UFC. If he would have like head kicked and died. And that's why sport goes. Thank God for those pre-screens. Like they, they're God, serious man. about that yeah, stuff. So thank God. yeah. So he's saying it's a blessing in disguise, and that's the reason why Jack couldn't fight this weekend. Uh, that's a good reason not to yeah, fight. Definitely. And then Jackson get a fight, even though it's not Sean Brady, you know, but he'll still be active. Yeah. Um. All right. So the biggest news I think over the week was uh, John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. It's official now for UFC 295 in November. If you remember. Chael thought it was going to be in uh, Australia, John Jones versus Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's way off. I don't know. But then the next day, we got word that Steve. So I've known about this for a while. So I'm not, you know, I'm not a journalist. I don't break news, but I knew Steve A. John was happening at UFC 95 for a month now. 295. Yeah, yeah for a month now. All right. So that's pretty damn cool. Tough fight for Stipe. Yeah, and this has been all over the you know social media and everything. But so Israel Adesanya during uh, International Fight Week met up with John Jones and they kind of squashed the beef. They did like a little couple videos together, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, and uh, what like and when you look at that, look, dude, he's not small, dude. <laughs> he's not small. I but kept telling you guys that Jones is big. Yeah, but like, is he has sandals on, dude? And there's you know, oh yeah, I didn't even think about same that. Same height, maybe, you know. Maybe John's a tad taller, but but just, he's just so much bigger though. John's thick, yeah. John's thick right now. Two of the goats. I like. I love to see it. They're never gonna fight. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, so that's another video. But everyone's seen this video already. But this right here was interesting. So Tyson Fury commented. I wonder if they have it here though. There it is. So Tyson Fury made a a story post. He says, Johnny Bones, imagine the amount of right hands I catch you with here. And he's looking at the sparring video of the fake sparring video. Yeah, that's, you know, really style that's just Ty Jones. Tyson's best at marketing. I've never doubt myself against anybody. This is John Jones. Saying. Since I yeah, may just, just knock you out in boxing and 100% he knocked both of them out. No, so this is John Jones responding to Tyson. He says, I have no reason oh. to doubt myself against any man. Give me a few months in a serious boxing camp. I like my chances. I may just knock you yeah, out. Yeah, it's never happening, but it's fun <laughs> to know. talk about. But what you are happening. And I got this info last. I text you guys again. I'm not drilling, so I'm not going to break news like Ariel or something like that. It's just not what I do, nor do I care to do it. But uh, 
Francis versus Tyson Fury. I got word. Now, remember last week's show where, like, oh, it's an exhibition match. Like, what's going on? I was like, that's a mm-hmm. terrible idea. It's not. The, the reason they say exhibition is because somewhere in Saudi or wherever they're doing it, there is, it's this weird dynamic between the entertainment promotion and the actual fight promotion. And the entertainment promotion was the ones that were like behind it for a little bit. And the way they get around dealing with all the commission, that stuff by saying it's an exhibition. But this is a straight up real fight. There's no gimmicks. There's no, it's not sparring, not a glorified sparring match. When this goes down, it's official. When it goes down in Saudi Arabia, wherever they do in the Middle East, it is a straight up real fight. Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou, straight up boxing match. Francis Ngannou made the right decision. He's saying, fuck all the haters, all the doubters. Now we know for a fact. And I always said this again, I love Francis. He's been on the show how many times? I absolutely love Francis. But I stick by it. That in order when Francis left the UFC, if he didn't get this Tyson Fury fight or Deontay Wilder fight or Anthony Joshua fight, it was a mistake. He got the fight. It's official. He's fighting Tyson Fury, the best boxer ever do it, in a legit boxing match. Francis Ngana won. He made the right decision. Shout out to, to his agent, you know, mm-hmm. who took all Markel took all this shit. What are you doing? You're ruining his career. What's up now? What's up now? You know, yeah. they made the right decision. They went, they crawled through some shit like Andy Dufresne. They came out on the other side. Now they're fighting Tyson Fury. They're going to make all the money. There's no amount, the PFL, there's no amount, you know, any other organization the UFC could pay him that's going to make up more ground than him fighting Tyson Fury, Francis Ngano. Francis did it. He did it his way, even though we haven't seen it done this way. A lot of naysayers, including myself, went, Man, if this Tyson Fury fight, which we didn't hear much about it, so it looked pretty grim for a while, I thought, oh, man, he's just going to fight in PFL, guys. We don't know. This is a nightmare. Even if he makes money, how are they going to pay him? Who's he going to fight? What is he going to do? Shut up. If I'm Mark Allen, I'm going, but shut up. (laughs) Yeah, we knew this whole time this was going to happen. It's very tough. Boxing is tough to get into. There's a lot of different moving parts. It's going to take some time. Just relax. We all went, you made a mistake. No, I didn't. But everyone else, you made a mistake. This is, you've ruined Francis Ngannou. What's up now? Shut up. They won. They changed the game. Hats off to them. Now, again, I don't know what's going to happen with PFL. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying from the standpoint of Team Francis Ngannou and Markel, they've won. They made the right choice to leave the UFC. This fight does not happen if he's in the UFC. Dana would not allow this to happen. Even though he's entertained with John and Tyson, that fight's never happening. That's whatever. But as far as Francis goes, he beat the game, dude. We should all give the, him you know, Francis credit. You got to give Markel credit. Yeah, for sure. That guy went through some shit, man. You guys gave him so much shit. He pulled it off. Nobody in the history of combat sports has ever done this. He did it, dude. With the heavyweight champion of the UFC, he went, we're going to leave the biggest promotion in the world and bet on ourselves. More times than not, this never works out. I can see uh, to credit to those that doubted him. I get it. I Even I was like, oh, man. And we didn't get a lot. We didn't hear anything. No no crumbles. Not, seemed Tyson Fury was like, yeah, it's not really happening. He's talking shit to John Jones. And then, you know, with the Usyk fight and all that, we're like, oh, where's, where's Francis? Oh, no. It's not going to happen. Now we got to watch him beat up some guy we've never heard of in PFL. And they're giving him all this money. That's going to last one or two fights. There's no way they can cover that. I get it. They knew what they were doing. Shout out to Markel, man. You did it, brother. Proud of you, man. And Francis, my God, dude. 
This is insane. This is history, dude. History. Now, what in this wild world we live in, the Real Housewives of Mixed Martial Arts, what if Francis beats Tyson oh Fury? No matter what happens, he's won. He could go in there and get knocked out by a jab in three seconds, and he's just still make the same amount of money. Does not matter. But if he beats him, we're going Sizzler. And if you happen to be a Dana White hater, which I'm not, very clear, I'm, I'm a huge Dana White fan. But if you are, you want Francis Ngannou to win. You want him to win. This gives every fighter more leverage. What Francis is doing is leading the way for other fighters that are stuck, that feel like they have no voice, that feel like the UFC is the only show in town, even if they're mistreated. What Francis is doing is he's taking the hits for them going, no, 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 look, there is a way to do this. There's another route you can go. You just have to be really good at fighting and knock out everybody you fight. That's the, that's the asterisk there. Don't get me wrong. Now, if you're two and two in the UFC, I'm not talking about those guys, but there is another route. He's showing us he's changing the game. You have got to give him credit for that. Francis made the right choice. It feels good to say that. Mm-hmm. You want him to win. Him winning is better for the fighters. It's not better for the UFC, but it's better for the fighters. So if you care about the fighters, you want to root for Francis. Francis won. Markel won. They changed history. This is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I follow Markel and he- That's my boy. Posts, yeah, he put some posts out that he left uh, CAA to start his own business. Mm-hmm. And he, I didn't know he had, he had some sort of heart condition. He had to get surgery. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I, it seems he's like he's okay. Yeah, he's recovering. Yeah. So, yeah. So he he solely works with Francis. That's awesome. Now they're going to be coming out the woodworks to work with him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We knew you were going to have this all the time. Really? Where are you six months ago? And according to this article from it Bloody takes cojones, dude. Yeah, you're imagine the shit he went, the shit he went through. Remember the tax he got? Yeah, from Dana, the racist tax. I don't know. <laughs> no, they were straight up racist. But I mean, from a, a random source. Sure. People- <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, the shit he went through. He went through some shit. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. it must feel good. And he still says he he appreciates Dana White very much. And For yeah, sure, yeah, no issues. But yeah, so according to he this just article, shows you can do it, but you have to walk through some. Fire. You have to bet on yourself 100%, no backing down. Bet on yourself and your fighter. Yeah. You have to, like, the relationship between Francis and Markel is insane. Like, you you would have to have so much belief in each other. Francis and Markel, major faith, and and Markel and Francis. Like, there, there has to be no chink in that armor. There has to be no weak point. You have to trust the process. My God, did they go through it? <laughs> Sky's the limit now, fellas. Yeah. Proud of them, man. So as I was saying, this article says ten to fifteen or ten to fifty times bigger purse than the UFC. But who knows what the actual number is? Oh, it's gonna be massive. I mean, it's gonna be huge, of course. Massive, man. especially if it's a, it's gonna be a real fight now. So thank God, it's for real that. fight, dude. Yeah. Massive, massive, <laughs> bigger than anything the UFC is gonna do this year or the next ten years. Bigger than any John Jones fight. Bigger than John Jones Francis. There's. They've won. No matter win, lose, or draw, Markel and Francis fucking won. Yeah. It's insane. It's so dope. It's amazing, yeah. Okay, so this isn't good. If you're a McGregor fan, this, I know what you're bringing up. This okay. isn't good. Go this ahead. is an interview from Aaron Bronstetter with Dana White, and then this is Dana White's response to the whole Usada thing with, Con- uh, with Conor McGregor. McGregor versus Michael Campbell on one of those cards. I hope so. Do you yeah, think there's still a chance of them fighting this year? 100%. Yeah. 
Is Connor back in the USADA pool from he's not. He's not. Okay. So well, he's USADA has said it's going to be six months before he can compete again yeah. um, when he re-enters the, the pool. Is that something that the UFC is still yes. going to hold true to? We'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, they're, they're saying that now, but we don't. Who knows? I don't talk about shit until shit happens. You know what I mean? To sit here and, and, and think hypothetically how a million different things could happen no idea. I'm focused on what's happening this Saturday. That's fair. And the next Saturday, and you know what I mean. UFC 300 isn't even in my mind right now. The the Connor thing. Who the hell knows who, how that's going to play out? Who cares what Usada says? We'll see what happens when it happens. Um, so I don't know. Well, one thing we can talk about is so the main point of that is like who Dana White did say. Who cares what Usada says? Right. Let's take it out of context though, because you, uh, you're bringing up that article. Mm-hmm. Uh, angry response to Chris Omarusikan about Usada when he says, Who cares? He's saying, As of now, there's no news. Who cares what Connor says? Who cares what Usada wow. says? Who cares what this person has to say? Who cares what the expert? None of it matters. I'm putting one fire at a time. Who cares what they're saying right now? Not saying who the, you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what Usada what says. Say, yeah. I don't like Usada. They ain't Usada ain't shit. That's what they want to write in the reports. I'm with Dana on this. He's going, No, no, no. I'm focused on UFC 290 right now. Who cares what everybody's saying? Like you said, you don't care what USADA says. You can do whatever you want. He's like, no, no, no. All of it. Who cares? Until I have to come and deal with that, I don't care about what you guys say, what the media's saying, what podcasters. I don't give a fuck about all that. That's all he's saying. Yeah. So at the one of the, or I think the post fight press conference, he did basically say that statement. Yes. Yeah. That's not what he meant. Anybody with half a brain can figure that out. <laughs> but again, that's not going to get a, a good article. It clicks. Yeah. What gets clicks is him going, fuck you, Sada. Cares? Who cares about you, Sada? Mm-hmm. No, he's not saying that. He's like, what? No, I'm, who cares about any of this right now? And also, Connor tweeted this and deleted it. Someone asked him, I guess a fan asked him, tell us when the fight fight with uh, Chandler. He posts emoji of Santa. He yeah. goes, December. December. And they deleted it. But then he put this as well. Yeah, I, I listen. I could see the Connor fight happening in December. That's you'll uh, be announced. I think the UFC will trump Usada and go. We're using the exemption. He's fine. We don't give a shit. That's what's gonna happen. I mean, yeah. they're gonna trump him. Like, no, no, no. I remember it's, you said that from the beginning, very beginning. But I thought like Usada, it was in stone. You have to do six months. But yeah, they're employed by the UFC. It's Connor. He's fighting. <laughs> like, wait, he was in the pr- protocol for six months. Shut up. And Connor knows this. Dana knows this. USADA doesn't know this. But I guarantee you, Connor knows. All right, I'm fine December. That's why I see him right now. Not, you know, you see him wiling out and doing his thing. And was like, he's not even trained because he knows he's not fighting to December. It's not happening this year. Yeah, it is. You think Dana's going to let the ultimate fighter run its course and they don't fight till sometime next year? No, no, no. He knows he can just trump USADA and go, he's fighting. And hey, hell yeah. We're all going to watch. Obviously, I'll say so. it. Fuck USADA. How about that? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Kamaru Usman was doing. Oh, just fight Hamzan. <laughs> so they did like a legends panel during the International Fight Week. Kamaru was there. You know, Chuck Liddell was there, a bunch of people, Uriah Faber. Uh, so Kamaru said that he thought the fight was still on. He still wants to fight Hamzat. And then Ham- Hamzat responded with this. Holy shit. His beard looks fake. Because they're so. Yeah, they have it's so, so many thick. Follicles. It, look, it yeah. just it looks like it's a. Uh... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Kamaru Usman, what are you talking about me? <laughs> you said you want to fight 84 kilos. Just 185. Wait, 
no problem for you. You are a boogeyman, but I am the wolf. <laughs> Come up. I don't like the zooming in stuff, but uh, I, was, saying, uh, I was like scared of him, like all on board. And now it's like, hey, hey man, but are you going to fight? Yeah. It's been like a year, dude. What's going on here? There's contenders. There's a million fights for him. At the end of the day, it falls on you, dude. At the end of the day, it's like, at first it was like, no one will fight him. They can't get him fights. Now it's like, hey, you still fight, man? That conspiracy you're talking about. <laughs> right? Yeah. Could be. We'll see. And it, you hear other guys like, yeah, I tried finding him. I don't know. It just didn't yeah. happen. Everyone's like, it just didn't happen. A year later, he's like, you, I'm the boogie. I'm the wolf. You're like, uh, wolf's fight, dude. Are you going to fight? <laughs> yeah, We're I all don't dying know to see him. It's such a mismanaged career. Whether it's uh, his fault or the UFC's, I'd be willing to lean into it more on his side because UFC's like, yeah, let's whatever, man. Let's just fucking fight. And he's like, well, hold on here. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's yeah. get this done. <laughs> yep. Let's let this pass first and see what happens. But yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, your boy, Marl Marlon Chido Vera has a new opponent. He's fighting next week. Pedro Munoz, 292. Oh, no, he's, he's fighting in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a far cry from uh, from, Pedro, from uh, our boy Henry Cejudo, but, you know, fun fight. Mm -hmm. All righty. This is just a quick one where Dana White reacted to John Jones being at. Yeah, I thought he couldn't be around alcohol. I thought he was <laughs> For more than 12 hours. Mazarol's thing, he was taking shots. Like, does that kind of get you worried? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's a grown man. He, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, I always say this, John, more than 12 hours in Vegas is usually probably not good, a good idea for John. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Listen, John has done very well for himself. He's, he's been through a lot of shit. I don't know what to say. Through, uh, I don't know whose idea it was to keep John here for days, but, uh, Hunter, was that your idea? <laughs> Hunter's cool. <laughs> well, here we are. I'll, I'll plead the fifth on that, sir. Yeah, Trouble. so he was taking shots with, uh, Jorge Mazadal. Cheers up, cheers up. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Woo! <laughs> but so far, he seems fine. We haven't heard the anything last, yet. The last two times that he's been in Vegas and drank seems fine. So that's good. Mm. I thought this was pretty cool. Michael Bisbing is going to be. I guess he was in the first Den of Thieves with uh, Gerard Butler, like a side character. He's going to reprise that role. I think he has a bigger role in this one. That's dope. Yeah. Gerard Butler, no shade, Jackson. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Cube's son. Bisbing's doing the damn thing, dude. He's, he's in a ton of movies. Yeah, he's crushing. I love Bisbing. Oh, this is a very quick one. I'm not going to show the fight, but uh, Dan Hooker, way back in the day, he fought someone 100 pounds heavier than him, a heavyweight fighter, and he beat him. Under pride rules? Yeah, under pride rules. God, Hooker's a savage. He's a real true fighter, man. Like straight up true savage. fighter, yeah. But that guy was thick, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Uh, all right, so for the BMF belt celebration part, 
Uh, apparently, Jorge Masvidal is going to be the one that's going to be wrapping the BMF title. That's exactly how they should do it. One <laughs> <laughs> of the guys never fought before being like, you're the BMF. It's like, dude, you're an actor. What are we doing here? The Rock, yeah. Yeah, it's based off you know, Jorge Masvidal. That's exactly should be handing that BMF title out. Yeah, and he was the BMF winner, so that sounds right. And he's and he said like whoever the next winner is should put the belt on the you know whatever. I think it should be Jorge every time. It's his belt. <laughs> it should be called the Jorge BMF title. Yeah, I'm down with that. Too. Yeah, he's he's the BMF. Uh, speaking of Jorge Masvidal, so this is the first um, face off with Fabrice Verdum and Junior Dos Santos for that MMA bare knuckle event. I'm all about this. Verdum looks in shape, yeah. dude. I would not want to fight him. So does, but so does JDS. This is a good fight. Jorge's doing the damn thing. He's, yeah, he's putting on good fights. Man. Hell yeah. And here's some footage I found of Junior Dos Santos right now. He's jacked. Yeah, he looks good too. And then, of course, Fabrizio. Oh, <laughs> Fabrizio posted that thing, but that's Fabrizio here. Oof. And he is a savage dude. He's 45 years old. Jacked. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. He made fun of, uh, I think, Little Nog because he had hair transplant stuff. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're almost done here. Oh, so, so during the uh, UFC Hall of Fame ceremonies, did you see Jose, first of all, Jose Aldo? His emotion Crying, was yeah. insane. That's how it right? should be, man. It's a big deal. Let me just play with you, play it for you, but no audio. But you could see him just, yeah, it's so crazy cool, breaking down here. Yeah, he's taking it all in right now. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he yeah, that was super it, emotional. That's a cool time. But so Cowboy Cerrone was also inducted in the Hall of Fame, and then he he mentioned that he made ten mil. $10 million in UFC, and people thought that was already pretty crazy. And but his bonuses were crazy. That's not, he made 900,000 bonuses. Yeah. It's not crazy, though. I, people, I know. I, I, I thought it was weird. People were like, whoa, $10 million? You, you realize Cowboy made the UFC more in his one fight against Conor McGregor. He made, he made the UFC more than $10 million in just that one fight. Over that historic career, $10 million? Over how many fights? I mean, to me, $10 million When you million break it down, like crazy, it's not... But- yeah, it yeah. sounds crazy. Because how long did he fight? It says ten over his ten year fighting career. It's a million dollars a year. It's you know, good living, but yeah. It, but, but I mean, no, not, hold on, hold on. It's a million dollars a year. Hold on, that's not including taxes, managers, mm-hmm. the fees. It, it's you know, fighting for a living. Yeah, I will say though, probably, probably taking you know home by, I don't know, five hundred, six hundred thousand. And then also, I would assume that was towards the later end of his career when he made the majority of his money. Oh, there it is. So, Tim, there, they, yeah, they point out right here. Mm-hmm. $10 million is a lot of money, and we're happy that Cerrone is happy with what he made, but it's hard not to point out that the gate for Cerrone's fight against Conor McGregor at UFC 246 was $10 million alone. The event sold 1.35 million pay-per-views, which is roughly $88 million. As the B-side to one of the biggest fights of 2020, he should have made a big percentage of that $10 million in one night. He didn't get a cut, dude. Mm. Again, maybe I just have a salty way of looking at the UFC. When I heard $10 million, I'm like, God, that's it for, for Donald Cerrone? A, a legend of sports stepped up for every fight. The majority of that money was made in probably his last three years of fighting. 
I guess the way I was looking at it is like he wasn't champion. He's just he's like a guy that keeps fighting. But he fought all the big names. No, yeah, all the main events. I think all, they all the big... deserve way more money for sure. It's just when I saw him, I'm like God, that's not good. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, to me, I look. It's fucked up, dude. The guy dedicated his life to this. Mm -hmm. In any other sport, if you're at his level of celebrity, you're set for life. Cowboy ain't set. You know. I mean, he, I think he did well with his money, building his ranch and all that stuff, and he does a lot of other, lot of other stuff right now too. Hopefully, I think, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he's pretty good, man. And he's doing acting now too, which mm -hmm. is cool. Yeah, I love Donald. Yeah, but that's pretty much it for current events. Those were good. Cool. Those were good. Hopefully, our boy Jack gets his fight on yeah. Saturday in Vegas. Holly Holm coming back. I'm curious what they're going to do with the division. <laughs> Terrence McKinney is probably my favorite fighter on the card. So excited when he fights. He's on the main card. He kicks that off on ESPN Plus. Tough card, man. Tough yeah. card. But at least you got Terrence McKinney. Yeah, he's always exciting. Yes. Holly Holm, Silva, that Bantamweight division they need to figure out. Maybe we get a Ronda Rousey return. That's what I think happens. UFC 300, Ronda Rousey. I think she comes back. That'd be sick. Yep. We'll see. All right, kids. Enjoy the fights on Saturday. As uh, far as dates go, I got a bunch of dates coming up. We'll announce them probably later the, by the end of the week. Uh, next one, I'll be at the Comedy Store Thursday night. Get your tickets. 8 p.m. show at the Comedy Store. Um, I'm just doing spots, though. It's not like a Brendan Schaub tour, official tour day. It's just a spot at the Comedy Store. I'll be at the Laugh Factor this week as well. So I'll be on L.A. if you want to see me. Then next uh, official one, you got Shop and Friends at the Pasadena Ice House at 8 p.m. July 28th. Spokane, September 21st to the 23rd. Vegas Skank Fest, September 29th through October 1st. Niagara Falls, New York, November 4th through the 5th. I got a bunch of dates coming up in August and September. Uh, I'll be announced at the end of this uh, week. All right? All right, kids. Love you guys. Be nice to each other. Thanks for watching, liking, subscribing. We got a bunch of content coming up, so make sure you stay tuned. Love you guys. See you next week.